Hello, FCS Nation. It's time for your show. I'm your host, Kevin Marshall. I'm coming to you from the flagship station of FCS Nation, Fox Sports, 1450 and 92.7 KGRZ and 1340 KYLT in Missoula, Montana. Joining me like he does each week is Mr. Chris Cowan, the co-host of this program. Chris is coming to you from his broadcast center in Cheney, Washington. Chris, before we get started with the recap segment, I want to thank you and your tailgate buddies and all the Eastern Washington fans, Eastern Washington Sports Information Directors, for making us feel so welcome last week. We really appreciated that. Thank you, friend. Oh, you're absolutely welcome. It was good to see you in person, and and, uh, it was a great evening for football. Let's just get right to the action from last week. Number seven, Eastern Washington 34, number one, Montana 28. Hell of an effort by the Eastern Washington defense. Thought Montana kept Eric Berrier in check about as well as anybody's going to, and in the end, it really just didn't matter. I can't ever remember a, a football game where a defense sent so many pass rushers. It was blitz all night long. And, and there was one play in particular where nine guys were coming. <laughs> so in order to to keep that pass rush in check, Eastern made some adjustments and they worked. Uh, the scoring was opened on a quick drive by Eastern and they forced two grist punts before Montana then took control of the game for the next two quarters. They led 21 to 10 to start the fourth. Eric Berrier then engineered four scoring drives while the Eastern defense held the Grizz offense scoreless over the final 18 minutes. Malik Flowers helped to keep it close. He did return a kick all the way back for the fifth time in his career. He's kind of like Shahid at Weaver. Why do you even kick to him? Montana did have one last shot at the end zone from the Eagle 11, but backup quarterback Chris Brown's pass was knocked down. Number two, South Dakota State, 55, Dixie State, 7. Not a whole lot to say about this one. For the fourth week in a row, South Dakota State handled their business against an inferior opponent. Dixie shut down the Jacks for a quarter and then just absolutely unloaded 35 in the second quarter and they were playing backups for the remainder of the game not much to report indeed number three sam houston 21 stephen f austin 20 eric schmidt did not play and i think we all saw how important he is to that bearcat football team but give the lumberjacks credit they showed up and they played extremely tough this was a heck of a ball game yeah, we felt that the Jacks were improving, and they played well. They took advantage of no Schmidt, and they led 20-6 to six halfway through the final quarter before the Bearcats came back to take the lead with two and a half minutes to play. Stephen F. Austin missed a last-second 51-yard field goal that would have won the game. Number four, James Madison, 23. New Hampshire, 21. James Madison historically does not play well at New Hampshire. This week just kind of added on to that lore, if you will, for Duke's fans. It wasn't pretty, and it seemed like at times James Madison tried to give this ball game to New Hampshire, but they just wouldn't take it. Well, you know, we expect a highly ranked team to just blow everybody out. And this serves as a good reminder that part of being a quality team is not bringing your best game and still getting the win. That's what happened here. GMU did have to rally in the fourth quarter. Despite turning it over three times, they were able to get that victory. They did outgain New Hampshire 432 to 162. So the defense continues to play well. Kelvin Enzanama had nine tackles for the Dukes. And in keeping with uh, we're highly ranked, but played a close game against an inferior opponent. Number five, Southern Illinois 31, Western Illinois 30 in overtime. Chris, ever since they left Missoula, I don't think anybody in the country wants to play Western Illinois right now or the rest of the year probably. No, they're playing well. They're playing well on both sides of the ball. The defense is getting a little bit better. The offense has the ability to put up points and bunches. The Sukli's struggled against that defense. He only gained 291 total yards and just 51 yards on the ground. That's not going to cut it come later in the season. 
Number six, North Dakota State, 16. Number 18, North Dakota, 10. Some questionable coaching decisions by the Fighting Hawks helped NDSU to this victory. Not that the Bison didn't earn it, but I'm just waiting for the time when they open up the offense. NDSU has yet to do that. I mean, they're only giving up, what, 5.75 points a game, so maybe they don't ever have to do it, but you just feel like, and I know Bison fans feel like, Mr. Callum, man, these nail biters against good teams are going to get a little old, open it up, let Quincy Patterson do what he's capable of doing. I think we may see that this week. Yeah, we keep waiting for it. And at some point, it's got to, it's going to have to happen. This was a really good defensive ball game. And UND did roll the dice a couple of times on going forward and fourth down, and that cost them maybe almost a little bit of desperation too soon for them because I think they're a good team and, and they're built to play solid defense. NDSU is held to three field goals in the first three quarters. And the teams both only gained 280 yards in total offense. This was the most points given up by the Bison this season, but they did force those two turnovers on downs in the fourth quarter, and that was the difference. Number eight, Delaware 20, Albany 15, another close game by a highly ranked opponent. Delaware ran three quarterbacks out there, and none of them were very effective. Delaware's offense is better than this. I just think once they get Nolan Henderson back completely healthy, they'll look a lot better. Didn't look so good against Albany. Well, it's kind of in Delaware's DNA to play very conservative football. As far as Albany goes, the Danes are playing better on defense if you look at their statistics and and the points they've allowed. So it begs the question, what has happened to Jeff Undercuffler? He goes 12 of 30 for 183, one touchdown and an interception. That's not the numbers that we were used to seeing him put up in 2019. Delaware continues to win with excellent defense, but I think the offense, similar to North Dakota State, has to show some signs of life. Number nine, Montana State, 40, Northern Colorado, seven. Montana State is rounding into form on offense, which has been a question mark for them the last couple of years. I believe that group is for real for the Bobcats. Pretty good looking offense for them so far. Yeah, apparently so. The D's playing well, too. In this game, Isaiah Fonse and Elijah Elliott combined for 221 yards rushing. The Cat defense held UNC to 233 total yards. Matt McKay also passed for 276 in the score. So they are a team to be considered heavily. Number 10, UC Davis, 27, Idaho, 20. We both thought this one would be close, and it was. The Aggies held quarterback Hunter Rodriguez out. They started Miles Hastings. Idaho carried a lead into the fourth quarter, but redshirt freshman Trent Topkins came off the bench for Davis, replacing Hastings, and he rallied the Aggies to the win. Hastings threw a touchdown pass, and he also rushed for 85 yards on the day. Number 11, East Tennessee State, 27, Walford, 20. Typical Southern Conference football game, physical and a four-quarter football game. Yeah, the Bucs outgained the Terriers 486 to 246, but Wofford wouldn't go away easily. The Bucks defense did hold Wofford to 0 for 8 on third down conversions. So there's still some work to be done with the passing game for Wofford, but they're playing competitive football at least. Number 13, Missouri State, 41, Illinois State, 20. Illinois State looked like they had this game not well in hand, but it didn't look like early on they were going to lose this thing by three touchdowns. No, it didn't, and the Bears can thank their defense for that. They held Illinois State scoreless in the second half and relied upon the 90 rushing yards and three touchdowns from Tobias Little to ice the game. Missouri State is quietly putting together a really solid season. It's tough to to pick a front runner in the MVSC right now. I think everybody's going to come out of it with at least one loss. Number 14, Northern Iowa, 34, Youngstown State, 7. Yet again, another Missouri Valley football conference team that plays great defense. That's the Panthers. They held the Penguins scoreless until late in the game to get the easy win. The Citadel, 35, number 15, VMI, 24, in the Military Classic of the South. 
The Bulldogs' Jalen Adams let one rip on the first play of scrimmage, connecting with Raleigh Webb for an 80-yard touchdown. That was the first of two, two, count them, Kevin, two completions on the day for the pass-happy Citadel. The D did the rest, holding VMI to under 400 yards of total offense. By the way, Adams also did add a paltry 188 on the ground. Great victory for the Bulldogs. Mercer, 45, the Samford Bulldogs, 42. Fred Davis sets a Mercer record with 276 yards and five touchdowns rushing in the shootout. The Bears now lead the SoCon at 2-0. Second straight week, someone's out Samford, Samford. Here is the top 25 for FCS Nation for week six. A new number one, the South Dakota State Jackrabbits. Number two, the Sam Houston Bearcats. Number three, the James Madison Dukes. Number four, the Southern Illinois Salukis. Number five, the North Dakota State Bison. Rising to number six, the Eastern Washington Eagles. Falling to number seven, the Montana Grizzlies. Number eight is Delaware. Number nine, UC Davis. And rounding out the top ten, the Montana State Bobcats. Number 11, the East Tennessee State Buccaneers. Number 12 is Villanova. Number 13, the Missouri State Bears. Number 14, Northern Iowa. Number 15, Southeastern Louisiana. Number 16, North Dakota. Number 17, Weber State. Number 18, Tennessee Martin. Number 19, Rhode Island. And rounding out the top 20, the Mercer Bears. Number 21, Kennesaw State. Number 22, the Virginia Military Institute. Number 23, Incarnate Word. Number 24, New Hampshire. And number 25, the Chattanooga Mox. Coming up next, FCS Nation contributor Mr. Jeremy Jorgensen will join us. And in the fourth segment, I'll sit down with Southern Illinois head coach Nick Hill. We'll be right back. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. Welcome back to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. We're now joined by Mr. Jeremy Jorgensen. Jeremy has one of the best FCS minds in this country. Looking forward to picking it right here. Thanks for making the time, Jeremy. Hey, I appreciate you having me on. I always love talking about the FCS. I think it's uh, in pretty good shape right now. Some good teams out there. Well, we're in week six, Mr. Jorgensen. What do we know? You know, I think my big takeaway so far has been that I think clearly South Dakota State's the best team right now as we stand. Uh, A lot can happen, you know, injuries. uh, They're in a tough conference. But uh, from what I've seen, uh, I have no problem saying that I think, in my mind, South Dakota State's the best football team out there right now. I think there's a lot of good teams. You know, I think what's happening right now is injuries are starting to mount. And, uh, you know, whether that's from spring ball and not enough time to uh, react or recover for teams in the off season, but I think injuries are going to start to mount. That's going to become the story, sadly. I think it's going to decimate some of these really good teams. So who can survive all that is the thing. And I think South Dakota State has great depth. So right now they're the team uh, at the top for me. I think everyone in the top 10 is gettable. I think it's as wide open this year as it's been in a long time. Do you agree with that? I do. I think there's still a couple of teams laying in the weeds that could really rise up, uh, like Northern Iowa, for one, would be an example of that. Uh, That's outside the top 10 that can still rise up and be a contender to go to Frisco and make a run in the playoffs. Uh, Northern Iowa typically beats themselves up by overscheduling. They didn't do that this year. You know, they're 3-1. and one. Uh, They're in a good spot. They're at NDSU this week, uh, so that'll tell us a lot. But they're kind of a, one of those teams. Montana State would be another one just on the cusp of the top 10, you know, in some polls right inside it. Uh, but they're a team that's playing really well right now. As far as the top 10, 
Um, I think there's a lot of good teams in there. Um, you know, I think there's some teams that uh, are starting to rise to the top. I think there's still some questions to be answered in uh, conference play here, though, for sure. Well, nobody knows you like your conference mates, and you mentioned Northern Iowa. Boy, howdy, that schedule's tough the next three weeks, isn't it? It is. You know, that's the way they like it, though. And usually they do that in September to themselves, and they come out in a non-conference one and two or in a 12-game season one and three, um, and they're just, you know, mentally down because of how their September went. Well, their September went really well this year. I think they're positioned better than they have been in the past to handle a tough October. Uh, usually October loosened up for them, and they are speed up from September. It's the opposite this year. I think they're loaded uh, for this weekend at NDSU. That's going to be something to watch that game. I've been very impressed with UC Davis so far as well. What's your take on the Aggies? Yeah, uh, I, I think they're good. Um, you know, I was impressed with their FBS win, um, you know, how they kind of came out laying in the weeds. Nobody was talking about them. I think they're a well-coached team. I think they've got a lot of talent. They've recruited well. Um, you know, they had a close call here recently that kind of made you scratch your head and uh, made you, you know, pull the reins back a little bit, I think, at least from my perspective. Um, so, you know, I don't know. I think they're in the mix. Uh, they're in one of those top ten teams that could make a move. We'll have to wait and see here, though. I still think, uh, I don't know if they're the best team in the big sky right now in my mind, though. Well, James Madison is always very good. We know that. Cole Johnson's played extremely well for them, and they seem to have gotten over the UNH bump in the road last week. They never seemed to play well there. Look, they tried everything they could to give UNH that game, but the Wildcats just wouldn't take it. That really surprised me. You know, when I saw New Hampshire against Pitt, it was like I I didn't see much out of New Hampshire there. They lost by 70, and I just don't think, you know, good FCS teams do that to an FBS team. They don't lose by 70. So I, I expected James Madison to roll in that game. They did not, and, and that happens. That happens in conference play, and you're right. That's been a house of horrors for them. It's been a tough matchup for them, and everybody has that opponent. No matter what their record is, you're going to have a tough game, and you know what, then that's uh, New Hampshire JMU. I think JMU is a very good team. Uh, Well-coached, uh, tons of talent, obviously. You know, the thing that strikes me about JMU, though, to be honest with you, is I keep hearing all this FBS talk, and I wonder if that distracts them a little bit. Uh, I hear other teams talking about, you know, oh, let's get ready for the playoffs, you know, let's let's make a running conference play, and I hear way more FBS talk out of JMU, not necessarily from the JMU people, but just chatter around the nation, and I wonder if that's a distraction. Look, I'm, I'm never going to be for that. One of the things that I think makes what we do and a lot of FCS media so much better than what goes on at the next level is that I know you don't have any uh, desire to be an FBS pundit. I have no desire to host an FBS show. I love FCS football and it's special and it's different and that's why I like it. But I also want to talk about Sam Houston. Boy, you play the backup quarterback last week and you're still able to beat your rival. You don't look especially great doing it, but good teams win ball games like that. You know what's funny is, uh, you know, I've been, you know, one of those doubters of Sam Houston even throughout the playoffs last year. I didn't think they were going to make that run, and they did make that run, and congratulations to them. But what happened last week actually really impressed me with Sam Houston because Stephen F. Austin has recruited as well as anybody. I think they're a well-coached team. they got a great athletic director. They're doing good things at Stephen F. Austin. And the way that Sam Houston won that game with some adversity – down in the fourth quarter actually showed me a ton about Sam Houston in a positive way. I came out of that game really impressed. I think some people 
you know, knee-jerk reaction and say, well, they barely beat Stephen F. Austin. They're not very good. I had the different reaction of that. I was really impressed with what happened there because Stephen F. Austin is a very underrated team, actually, I think. Well, we're going to find out a lot about East Tennessee State this weekend. They have enjoyed some great success beating Vanderbilt, winning a shootout. They run the ball about as well as anybody in the country does. But into Johnson City comes a Citadel Bulldog team feeling really good about themselves right now. Could be a dangerous ball game for the Buccaneers. Yeah, and I feel like East Tennessee State's uh, had some good fortune on their side. Uh, you know, how long can that last? Uh, they've won a lot of close games and, you know, had some good fortune, and sometimes you create your own luck. Uh, and I'm not saying they're totally lucky. They're a talented team, uh, but they have had some fortunate uh, bounces and fortunate uh, finishes. Uh, so maybe their luck will run out this week. Maybe it won't. Uh, but I would be on upset alert if I was them as well. FCS Nation, that's been Mr. Jeremy Jorgensen. Jeremy, thanks for making the time. Always good to talk to you. And look, I'm going to get there to Fargo for a game at some point this year. I'm looking forward to crashing on your couch and destroying your family life. (laughs) Sounds good. Anytime. This is Flash from Bikers Against Bullies USA. We are a not-for-profit group created by bikers, but not limited to bikers. We are committed to creating awareness and educating both kids and adults on the benefits of living in a society of respect for each other combined with self-empowerment. Bikers Against Bullies USA was started in Missoula, Montana. The very real fact is that kids are kids, and they're dying by their own hands each week due to the insidious nature of the psychological and emotional trauma created by today's bullying attempts. Our personal philosophy is that one dead child is one too many. I personally ask you to stand up, support us, and by doing so, you're making a difference. We cannot change things without you, your support, and I thank you in advance. You can get a hold of us at BikersAgainstBulliesUSA.com or Facebook, Bikers Against Bullies USA. Wearing braces on your teeth can be challenging. Flossing and brushing is frustrating at best. The patented Platypus Flosser and Toothbrush for people that wear braces is the easiest and most effective oral hygiene device on the planet. Unlike traditional methods that are, well, just awful, your kids will actually use the Platypus products because they are fast and easy to use. If your child wears braces, protect your investment in their teeth with the Platypus Flosser and Toothbrush, available at your nearest Albertsons and Safeway store in the oral care aisle. Platypusco.com. At Renewal by Anderson, we love it when our customers tell us on a brutal winter day, we can't believe how much warmer this house is since we got our new windows. These windows are awesome. We hear it all the time. Winter is coming, and as beautiful as winter is in our part of the world, having drafty windows, cold rooms, and always needing that blanket on the couch is no fun. Renewal by Anderson makes the best windows you can get. We've been five-star energy partners for years. Our new windows can significantly lower your energy bills, especially on a brutal winter night when the wind is howling. Renewal by Anderson windows not only increase your comfort, they increase the value of your home. This winter, put that blanket away. Renewal by Anderson has great financing options with approved credit right now. For less than your cable or phone bill each month, you could have all new windows from Renewal by Anderson. Please visit our website now at rbamontana.com to hear about our financing options and book your in-home consultation now. And put that blanket away this winter with Renewal by Anderson.
Rhino Roofing is a family-owned company working in both the Missoula and Bitterroot Valleys. Rhino Roofing has more than 25 years of experience and will provide you with the toughest roof, Rhino Tough. Backed by Malarkey Shingles with a 120-mile-per-hour wind warranty and they're hail-resistant. With a Rhino Tough roof and Malarkey Shingles, you may even be eligible for a discount on your homeowner's insurance. Call Rhino Roofing today at 406-552-3089 or log on to rhinoroofingmt.com. Thanks for sticking with us during the break. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. Mr. Callum, let's take a trip around FCS Nation and preview some of the biggest games taking place in this country this week. Up first, number four, Southern Illinois is at number one, South Dakota State. Chris, we're going to see in the next couple of weeks some clarity come to the Missouri Valley Football Conference, starting with this game right here. In the last time these two teams played, it was in the playoffs in, in the spring, and the Salukis put a scare into the Jackrabbits. However, they've struggled on offense of late, or at least against Western Illinois. They gained just 291 yards of total offense, including just 51 on the ground. Both teams have impressive showings against their FBS opponents, but they've also had an easy schedule otherwise. The Jacks have been the more impressive, holding their last three opponents to 14 points total. Both teams have top 20 offenses and defenses, but SCSU is a little better at both and they are at home. Do you think there's anything to the rumblings I've heard about Southern Illinois being more battle-tested than South Dakota State? I don't know how battle-tested you can be when you haven't played a lot of games in that league yet. I wonder if there's anything to that. What's your take? No, I mean, Southern Illinois' schedule is maybe a little bit stronger to date than South Dakota State's. And and some of the classes come off the Jackrabbits win over Colorado State's. I guess I can see a little bit of that. But, you know, I don't know if you take too much from it. Lamar is at number two, Sam Houston. Found out Eric Schmidt will be back this week. Good news for the Bearcats, bad news for Lamar. The cards looked absolutely terrible against Texas San Antonio and Abilene Christian, losing by a combined 110 to 0. But then they inexplicably go to Greeley and get a win against Northern Colorado. But I think there's just too much offense, especially with Schmidt back on the Sam Houston side for this one to be close. Number 12, Villanova is at number three, James Madison. Talked about getting some clarity soon in the Missouri Valley Football Conference. That's also going to happen in the CAA. Yeah, in a couple of games this upcoming weekend. In this one, JMU has a more impressive resume with road wins against Weber and New Hampshire. Daniel Smith hasn't been quite as impressive the last two games. But then again, he was playing Richmond, who plays good defense, and then Penn State. He, along with Justin Covington, will need to have big days against a very stout Duke's D that is giving up just 216 yards per game. And that JMU front seven's been outstanding against the run. That'll be a good matchup. Covington, great running back. Villanova, if they can open some holes for him, they can keep this one close and maybe have a chance to steal one on the road in Harrisonburg. Number 14, Northern Iowa is at number five, North Dakota State. Neither of these teams really love to open up the offense, but I believe whoever does and can be successful at it is going to have a huge advantage in this one. Exactly. And the Panthers, you know, they've always been able to play the Bison tough, but this UNI team is averaging 37 points per game over their last three, and they might have enough going on an offense to make this game very interesting. That's thanks in part to Theo Day. You know, he comes in in that Sacramento State game, lights a spark, 
and he's been playing well. He has good running capabilities. He has a couple of viable targets in the past game with Isaiah Weston and Quan Hampton. This should be a really good football game. And if you're in North Dakota State, you've got to be better in the red zone. You need touchdowns, not field goals. Even though you're at home, you know it'll be loud there in the Fargo Dome. This is, without a doubt, the best team North Dakota State's played so far. Like you said, Theo Day has been a difference maker for the Panthers so far. Number six, Eastern Washington is at Northern Colorado. Regardless of records, the Bears tend to play Eastern tough and gruely. And UNC is decent on defense. They're holding opponents to just 23 points per game, but the offense is only scoring 17. I just don't know if they can keep up. Any thoughts of a letdown here from Eastern Washington, Chris? I don't think so. I mean, like I said, there's been a, at least two games in the past decade where a highly ranked Eastern team has gone into Greeley and it's been real tight, last second type wins. Uh, but this team is senior led and, and leadership goes a long ways to preventing those type of things from happening. Dixie State hits the road yet again, this time for Missoula to take on the number seven Montana Grizzlies. The Trailblazers are winless, and they're hitting the heart of an absolutely brutal schedule. They couldn't be facing Montana at a worse time after the Grizz loss in Cheney. Many Grizz faithful wanted to see Chris Brown as a starter heading into the season. With Cam Humphrey's injury last week looking serious, Brown might get his chance. Number eight, Delaware is at number 19, Rhode Island. Chris, I look at Rhode Island, and I wonder, are they for real? We're going to find out this week. It's a huge game for the Rams. They're playing well on defense, giving up 19 points per game and 346 total yards. Delaware is averaging 23 points per game on offense, while Rhode Island is averaging 32. On paper, statistically, Rhode Island is the better team. They are at home. This would be a statement win and firmly place them in the running for the CAA. And if somehow Rhode Island can win this one, you look at their schedule going forward, the only game they probably won't be favored in, and that includes at FBS UMass, would be against Villanova. So if Rhode Island wants to be a playoff team, that road starts this week at home against Delaware. Number nine, UC Davis is at Idaho State. Idaho State was disappointing last week. They've been disappointing all season. Word on the street here is that Hunter Rodriguez should be back this week, which is a good thing for the Aggies. Their defense has been the more impressive unit, but with a fairly easy remaining schedule and improving offense, they might be in a position to work themselves into a seed come playoff time. Still, the barn in Pocatello is a tough place to travel to, and some strange things have happened there in the past. Cal Poly is at number 10, Montana State. Cal Poly rolls into Bozeman. They've played extremely hard every ball game. Haven't had very good results for it, but they've played hard. They'll continue that, but it's going to be a tough, tough ball game for them at Bozeman, taking on number 10, Montana State. You know, they're playing better. The outgame, the Grizz, when they were up in Missoula. In one of these weeks, you get the feeling that Bo Baldwin's team is going to put a scare into somebody that really should handle them. I don't think it will be this week against a very good MSU who's clicking on all phases, but you never know. The preview segment will continue right after these messages from the NCAA and a word from our sponsors. We'll be right back. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. In the Division I Football Championship subdivision, the name of the game is outsmart, outhustle, outscore. But in the FCS, it's not always about the outcome. It's also about how you play the game. It's played with passion and pride and sportsmanship. It's played with honor and integrity. And it's played in towns across America where football is a way of life. The Division I Football Championship subdivision. It's more than a game. 
In the NCAA Division I Football Championship Subdivision, the game is played with perseverance, integrity, passion, character, and sportsmanship as he works to honor the game and respect his teammates, opponents, officials, and fans. Every FCS player grows in his responsibilities as a student athlete and as a member of his campus and community. The NCAA Division I Football Championship Subdivision. Every down, every day. Blaine McElmurray specializes in bringing your dream home to reality. Blaine and his team have been building beautiful custom single-family and multi-family homes since his return from the NFL in 2003. And Blaine hires only the best subcontractors to work on your home. Blaine has competed in the Parade of Homes only two times, but in those two times, he's won six of the eight awards. Give him a call. If you can dream it, he can build it. To see some of his work or for contact information, go to McElmurrayHomes.net. That's M-C-E-L-M-U-R-R-Y Homes.net. Let McElmurray Homes exceed your expectations. I'm DJ Coulter from Fargo, North Dakota. Welcome to American Family Insurance. I understand that choosing the proper insurance protection can be overwhelming. That's why it's so important to find someone you can rely on for trusted advice. As your American Family Insurance agent, I'll work hard to earn your trust, and I look forward to helping you find the right insurance solutions for years to come. Area code 701-235-6641. Or better than that, drop by and see DJ at American Family Insurance at 4215 31st Avenue South, Suite B in Fargo, North Dakota. DJCoulter.com. Did you know that every three minutes someone is diagnosed with a blood cancer? Former Villanova head coach Andy Talley founded the Be the Match Registry in 1992 after becoming aware of the devastating odds facing those in need of bone marrow transplants. Since 2008, getting the game registry drives have added 84,000 potential donors and 489 patients have been given a second chance of life. Log on to tallybonemarrow.org to find out how you can get in the game and save a life. That's tallybonemarrow.org. The Citadel Bulldogs hit the road to Johnson City to take on number 11, East Tennessee State. Huge opportunity here for your Cit- the Citadel, I almost said your Citadel, to grab a conference lead and reel the Bucks back in for the rest of the conference as well. And, and obviously that's going to benefit Mercer too, who's also undefeated. A cadet win here. The SoCon is wide open. Should be a fun race to watch. East Tennessee State handled Walford on third down last week. 0 for 8 were the Terriers on third down. Well, you know, the Citadel utilizes all four downs when I talked to Brent Thompson in the first week of the season. He said, well, you know, they give you four. You may as well use all of them, right? So we'll see how that plays out. But the Citadel, not so one-dimensional. They have shown the ability to throw the ball down the field for big plays. Logan Billings came back last week at the B-back position, was huge for the Bulldogs. This game is going to be sneaky good and could be an upset. Number 13, Missouri State is at Youngstown State. The Gwens are showing improvement at times on offense. Missouri State is solid on D, but not quite as tough as UNI is. Perhaps a bit of a trap situation as the next two weeks for the Bears have them facing both Dakotas, Southern Illinois and UNI, later in the season. So I don't fall asleep on YSU, Missouri State, if they're going to prove that they're one of the conference contenders needs to have a resounding victory here. In a matchup of really outstanding quarterbacks, number 15, Southeastern Louisiana, is at others receiving votes, Nichols. Nichols is coming off back-to-back wins. They have the better defense. They'll need to get some stops and rely on a very solid rushing attack as well, which is averaging 241 yards. And what that does is that limits Sela's possessions. Scott Lindsay and Julian Gums are a nice combo that's averaging 185 yards just between the two of them. You mentioned it. Nichols' defense is better, but I still think this is a game that could break the scoreboard. Southeastern Louisiana, Cole Kelly, he can sling it all over the field. You mentioned stops. Whoever gets two or three of those 
is going to win this football game. Going to be very interesting to see. And Nichols, I believe, is a little underrated after those two straight wins that you mentioned, Chris. Perhaps they should be in the top 25. Well, you beat Sela, you'll be there next week. Number 16, North Dakota is at others receiving votes, South Dakota. South Dakota, Chris, they have played well at times this year. They can put up points. North Dakota, man, you put everything you had into that ball game last week against North Dakota State. Let's see if they can get up on the road. Well, the Yotes are two narrow defeats against Kansas and Missouri State for being a top 10 team and undefeated. For the Hawks, there was no shame in losing a nail-biter to the Bison. However, in both cases, this is almost a do-or-die game as the remaining schedules for both teams are absolutely brutal. And it's tough to say that, right, on October the 9th that you are in a must-win type situation. But like you mentioned, man, the road just gets a whole lot tougher from here on out for both of those squads. Murray State is at number 18, Tennessee Martin. Murray State can score. We all know that. And UT Martin, the Skyhawks, man, if they want to get where they believe they can, from here on out, you've got to beat who you're supposed to beat. If you can do that, we'll see them on Selection Sunday. Well, the Racers played two FBS opponents. They gave up 35 points per game in those two contests, but then they've given up just three against Mississippi Valley State and Eastern Illinois. The Skyhawks have been far more impressive with wins over Samford and JSU. Racers are currently ranked 17th in total defense, giving up less than 300 yards per game, whereas Martin is averaging 430 yards per game on offense. So this is a bit of a strength-on-strength game, and it's going to be an interesting game to watch, and I think Martin's got to be the favorite because they're at home. I agree about Martin being the favorite. But Murray State, like we said, Chris, most times they're all offense, right? You know, we all know the racers can score. They're appropriately named. But the fact that they have stepped up on the defensive side of the ball is impressive. Normally, you look at the team that has the best defense and That's probably who's going to win a football game. But UT Martin being at home is good for them. And let's see if they can stand prosperity. That's the next step for a really good football team is after you've done something that really nobody expected you to do is can you back it up after that? And I think the Skyhawks have a great opportunity here to win the OVC, which if you just said that five weeks ago, nobody would have probably believed you. The preview segment is brought to you in part by... Big Deck Barbecue Company, proudly blended and bottled in Fargo, North Dakota. Big Deck Barbecue Company is committed to delivering high-quality, unique sauces made with the best products available. If you're looking for something delicious to spice up your weeknight meal with your family, get to BigDeckBBQ.com. If you're a serious tailgater looking to take your tailgate to the next level, get to BigDeckBBQ.com. They spent countless hours making this product the best it can be, and folks, take it from me, they've got it right. Support those that support the FCS. Get to BigDeckBBQ.com. And Big Deck Barbecue Company would like to remind you that life's better on a big deck. Big Deck Barbecue Company, BigDeckBBQ.com. Coming up next, I'll sit down with Mr. Nick Hill, head coach of the Southern Illinois Salukis. Following that will be the pick segment. I know you'll want to hang out for that. We'll be right back. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. That's my husband, Mr. Fix-It. I got it! I ain't got it! I told him we needed replacement windows for our house. I am man! I told him rather than go to a do-it-yourself store, we should contact Renewal by Anderson because they only do windows. They're experts. No subcontractors. Hey, honey, did you know our electricity runs through all these little metal pipes? Yow! You okay? Yeah! 
Renewal by Anderson, hassle-free, energy-efficient, low-maintenance windows with a professional, perfect fit. A hole needs to be just a little larger. Keeping your home warm in the winter, cool in the summer with their Fibrex windows. I had no idea we had this much insulation in our walls. Honey? Yeah? I think it's time we call Renewal by Anderson. Good call, Mr. Fix-It. For a perfect fit, call 605-341-7831. Renewal by Anderson of South Dakota. 605-341-7831. Bud Light presents Real Men of Genius. Real Men of Genius. Today we salute you, Mr. T-Shirt Launcher Inventor. Mr. T-Shirt Launcher Inventor. Not satisfied with standard souvenir distribution, you created a device with enough kick to dislocate a mascot's shoulder. Someone get a stretcher. Courtside, luxury box, upper deck. Your high-powered cotton cannon makes every section the nosebleed section. Hit the deck. So simple, anyone can operate it. After a background check, a training course, and a five-day waiting period. It only shoots T-shirts. So crack open an ice-cold Bud Light marksman of the mezzanine, because we know you'll give us the shirt off your back at 180 feet per second. Mr. T-shirt launcher there. Bud Light beer at Isaac St. Louis, Missouri. Tory Pines Pub in Las Vegas, Nevada. Whether you're looking for a cold drink on a hot day or a place to try out that hot hand when you're feeling lucky, Tory Pines Pub has what you're looking for. Tory Pines Pub caters to sports fans and hosts Montana Grizzlies games every football season. Not only are you going to find the Grizz on TV, but if you ask them, they'll put on whatever FCS game you want. So when you're in Las Vegas, make your way to the corner of Tory Pines and Lake Mead Boulevard to the Tory Pines Pub and tell them FCS Nation sent you. ToryPinesPub.com if you're ever in Traverse City, Michigan, stop into Brick Wheels, one of the best bicycle stores in America. You can enjoy that beautiful part of these United States on a bicycle. Road bikes, mountain bikes, fat bikes, even electric assist. And if you go into Brick Wheels and you say, go Grizz, go Bison, go Cadets, or whatever your FCS team name is, you'll get 20% off your purchase. So if you're in Traverse City, Michigan, go into Brick Wheels, talk some FCS football, get 20% off. BrickWheels.com. Are you played by foreclosure? Well, here at Jim Lott and Matey, we can stop your foreclosure now. We're a mortgage rescue company, and for the small fee of everything you hold dear, we will negotiate with your lender on your behalf. Call Jim Lott and Matey at 1-800-YAR-YAR. That's 1-800-YAR-YAR-YAR. If you're facing foreclosure, talk to the right people. Speak with HUD-approved housing counselors free of charge at 888-995-HOPE. Brought to you by NeighborWorks America and the Ad Council. And we're back. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. Now very pleased to be rejoined as a guest this week by Mr. Nick Hill, the head football coach for the Southern Illinois Salukis. Coach Hill, thanks for making the time, sir. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. I appreciate it. everything you guys do for FCS football, that's for sure. I, uh, our local radio station picked up the program this year, so I'm excited on Thursdays. We usually get out of practice a little bit early, and on my drive home, I've been listening to you guys. I really appreciate that, sir, and so does Mr. Chris Callum, our co-host. Thank you for those kind words. Coach Hill, first off, Nick Baker has been everything that you could have asked for him. Uh, what has he done well so far that's kind of surprised you that you weren't looking for? Really, I don't I don't think we've been surprised by anything. I, I, th- I still feel like uh, 
even he, he's played he's played well, and I think he's uh, shown uh, the type of quarterback that he can be, and and the playmaking ability that he has, and the ability to make throws and kind of improvise a little bit. But I, I think he's still in the early stages of really just honing in on. Uh, growing and getting better and taking care of the ball and and uh so and that comes with reps and game experience i think he's uh getting to that point what i love most about him is his commitment to just he's a fierce competitor and and uh he doesn't need anyone uh coach to reinforce those things he he's a he's not hard on himself but he he expects himself to play well and and uh, doesn't make excuses so I think Nick's best football is still ahead of him. You got a two-headed monster in the backfield with Justin Strong and Javon Williams. They complement each other very well. How do they play off one another, Coach? Well, I think they just—they're uh, unselfish. I, I still feel like there's, you know, it, being early in the season. I think uh, you know we can we can run the football uh, better. I, I think that we will. I think we're honestly. I feel like we have four backs that are our starting backs. Uh, Romir Elliott started games here and had some excellent production, and then Donovan Spencer has has played really well for us uh, as a grad transfer. And uh, so it's really those guys just keep an unselfish attitude. Uh, all of them kind of do some unique things. Obviously, with Javon, we use him out of the Wildcat a lot, and then uh, Justin is. Uh, pretty dynamic both of those guys are bigger guys where donovan and romere are smaller uh so i think they complement each other well we got to continue to find that kind of groove of uh, different ways to use them put them on the field we put them on the field together more the last couple weeks so just trying to utilize those guys and and their skill sets big game this week against south dakota state they do everything really well and their rushing attack behind Pierre Strong Jr. has been outstanding. Going to be a challenge for your defense, Coach Hill. Yeah, no question. Uh, I think uh, you hit it on the head. They they do they do everything pretty well. I, I think uh, you know the the thing when you look at their, them as a team uh, is just it, it sounds pretty simple, but they're really well coached. They are experienced and they they execute at a high level. You're never going to put on the film and just see guys out of position or not uh, executing the smallest of details, whether it's, uh, you know, defensively uh, bringing pressures and being out of a gap or busting the coverage or, uh, and then they play extremely hard and they play with, uh, with high expectations. And, and that makes a really good football team. Same thing offensively is I think they, they do a great job of mixing up the, the run and pass and keeping you off balance and hitting screens at the right time. Obviously, when you put really good players in a system like that, you have a good, um, a good offense. I think where it starts for South Dakota State is their offensive line and their tight ends being able to move people and creating holes for maybe the most talented back in the country. So uh, you can have some success as being a, a, a really good running back and having to make maybe other people look good. But when you put a, an excellent back like Pierre behind an offensive line and tight ends like South Dakota State has, uh, create some serious problems for you as a defense. FCS Nation, we're joined by Mr. Nick Hill, head coach for the Southern Illinois Salukis. Coach Hill, do you feel like you've played a complete game yet? Well, I, I think – Anytime you win, I, I think um, I don't know in my in my coaching career if you if, when you really being honest if you look back and you you just feel like man that was just a complete game everything went as planned and we didn't have some things that we really wished that we had back so no I don't think we've played the best that we possibly 
can. I think our defense has played really well in every game that we've played up until this point. We've had drives and we've had some series and we've had some things, but even the Kansas State game, I think, uh, you know, even the last drive where we, you know, we pulled them off at the 10 yard line and let them score. So we had a chance to have the ball to have a chance to, to tie it up with a two minute drive. And so, you know, when you look back, I think that they've uh, played at a high level. And uh, offensively, I think we have in spurts, but I, I think that we've still have yet to play that game where you look back and feel like, you know, yeah, that's what we want it to look like and really balanced and, and really kept our, our foot on the gas like I, I feel like we can. But ultimately, ultimately, that's a credit to the people we're playing, too. We play in a tough league where you just don't see um, – you know, people scoring at will or having their way just like they want to. I mean, you're shooting for that, but uh, we play in a tough league that make people make it tough on you. How did the spring season help you? Well, for us, it was, uh, I don't know if I would say confidence, but it was just a step in the right direction for our program. The, the people having some validation that, uh, you know, not only do uh, we feel like the work has paid off, but uh, guys uh, reaping rewards of staying here and committing to development and and putting our head down for a few years when things weren't easy and we were playing a ton of young guys and uh, myself trying to find their way as a 30-year-old head coach. And and, um, we did that for a few years. And then I felt like, honestly, midway through, you know, we were two and four in 2019 and 0-2 after our first two Missouri Valley Conference games, and to that point, uh, we played uh, Youngstown State and, and won here at home on homecoming, and we ended up winning, going 5-1 and one in Missouri Valley the rest of the way out in 2019, and then the spring season in 2020, and then we're, you know, we're 4-1 now, and I think from that point right there, guys kind of drew a line in a stand and started playing with a different type of confidence and swagger, and and uh, believe that they're they're going to win these football games. I, I, before that, I don't know if there was that type of deep conviction and belief, and I believe we have a team that believes in themselves. FCS Nation, that's been Mr. Nick Hill, head football coach for the Southern Illinois Salukis. Thanks for making the time, Coach, and best of luck against South Dakota State this week. All right, guys, I appreciate it. The interview with the coach is brought to you by the Herald Group Security Solutions. The Herald Group is a comprehensive security solutions company headquartered in Northeast Tennessee and was established to provide dynamic security solutions to the modern security risk people and facilities face. The security of you and your company's assets are Herald Group's number one priority. The Herald Group provides a various number of solutions to effectively minimize threats and keep your assets safe and secure. You can look Herald Group up on the web at heraldgroup.com. That's H-A-R-R-E-L-L-G-R-P.com. Welcome back to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. It's now time for the pick segment. Chris, we both did fairly well last week. Let's see if we can keep that train a-rolling. Up first, number four, Southern Illinois is at number one, South Dakota State. Got to go with the Jacks at home here. Southern Illinois hasn't played as well of late. South Dakota State wins this game 34-20. to 20. 
I disagree with you there, sir. The Saluki's quarterback, Nick Baker, has been extremely efficient, completing 67% of his passes so far. That will need to continue in this one for the Salukis. The Jackrabbits really haven't been tested yet, which is kind of weird to say, right, considering they have a win over an FBS team. Southern Illinois has faced some adversity and played and won some close games. Hate to start the pig segment out with my upset of the week, but it is what it is. Take Southern Illinois on the road over South Dakota State, 31-30. to Lamar is at number two, Sam Houston. Expect Sam Houston to score a bunch of points and win this game easily. I'll take the Bearcats 48-3. to Bearcats return home to Huntsville this week to face Lamar. And after that big emotional win over Stephen F. Austin last week, this is one of those spots where you feel like could be primed for a letdown. Not going to happen. Way too much offensive firepower for Sam Houston here. Eric Schmidt will be back. They won't need him for all four quarters. Take the Bearcats to win at home over Lamar, 42-10. to Number 12, Villanova is at number three, James Madison. Interesting game here because it's tough to see anybody scoring many points on James Madison. Villanova would be one of the teams that could. I'm still going to take the Dukes to win this game 24-20. to 20. Really like the quarterback matchup in this game. Nova sitting a call where Daniel Smith can do it all, and Cole Johnson for the Dukes can too. Neither of these young men make many mistakes. Key for the Wildcats in this one is Justin Covington in the running game against a very stout front seven for the Dukes. Nobody's run the ball very successfully against them. For JMU, get your playmakers in space and let them do their thing. Both defenses are top 20 in FCS and scoring defense, so points should be hard to come by. Take JMU at home over Villanova. 27-21. Number 14, Northern Iowa is at number 5, North Dakota State. UNI has proven that they can play offense, and I think they will. North Dakota State is struggling on that side of the ball. Both defenses are excellent. I think the Panthers pick up a road upset in the Fargo Dome, 17-14. to 14. Not me, sir. You know my mantra. Never pick against North Dakota State in the Fargo Dome. There is no money in it. But that being said, this one really intrigues me. Panthers' offense has picked up since Theo Day was installed at the quarterback position, but NDSU's defense has only given up three touchdowns in four games. We've both been saying for a couple of weeks that the Bison need to open things up for quarterback Quincy Patterson. I believe that they will this week, and he'll have a day. Take North Dakota State at home over Northern Iowa, 24-17. to Number six, Eastern Washington, is at Northern Colorado. I think the Eagles go into Greeley and take care of business. Give me Eastern to win 42-10. to 10. Long trips after a big home win are tough. The Eagles will start fast and try and overwhelm Northern Colorado. I think they'll do that. They just can't let them back into the game in the second half. They won't. Eric Barrier and company will roll in Greeley 42-17. Dixie State is at number seven, Montana. Montana will dominate in this game 31 to nothing. Dixie State's tour of pain continues and rolls into Missoula this week. They're going to face some very, very upset Grizzly Bears. Don't know who the quarterback will be for Montana, but if Cam Humphrey's injury, which he suffered last week against Eastern Washington, is a serious one, this game could not have come at a better time for Coach Bobby Houck in Montana. Chris Brown is capable, and if he has to play, these will be great reps for him. Take Montana at home, 38-7. to Number eight, Delaware is at number 19, Rhode Island. Rhodey's a little better on both sides of the ball, so give me the Rams to get the big win here, 30-18. to Is Rhode Island for real? We tried to answer that in segment three, but the Rams have looked like it so far. Quarterback Kaysom Hill is taking care of the ball, only throwing one interception so far, but he's yet to face a defense like Delaware's. For the Blue Hens, the health of quarterback Nolan Henderson is key. He played last week, but was obviously not 100%, with backup Zach Gwynn getting the majority of the snaps. 
Delaware still has Dejon Lee, though, and they can lean on him. He's a fine running back. If Henderson isn't 100%, the advantage is with Rhode Island. Take the Rams at home over the Blue Hens, 27-24. to Number nine, UC Davis is at Idaho State. I think this will be an ugly game, and I think Davis will squeak by winning 12-10. to Kind of have the same feelings, Chris. Even if... Davis gets the quarterback back. You know, he hasn't played for a couple of weeks, and he's going to need to get his legs underneath him, and I think it'll be ugly too. But take UC Davis on the road over Idaho State, 17-10. to Cal Poly is at number 10, Montana State. I think Cal Poly figures some stuff out on offense a little bit, but it won't be enough. Give me the Bobcats to win at home, 31-21. to Mustangs continue to play hard for Coach Bo Baldwin without much to show for it, y'all. I think, like Chris Callum does, that they're going to put it all together one week and they're going to shock somebody, but it won't be this week. Bobcats win at home in Bozeman, 41-20. The Citadel is at number 11, East Tennessee State. I'm going to go with the Citadel. I think that they're going to get on a bit of a roll here. I don't think East Tennessee State is a perfect team. I think they're still a good team and a playoff team, but give me the Citadel to pick up a road win 28 to 16 bulldogs march into johnson city feeling really good about themselves when the silver shako last week over vmi quarterback jalen adams well he went to high school in johnson city there at science hill in the last two ball games adams has two touchdown passes to raleigh webb of 80 yards or better the buccaneers have been outstanding offensively but the bulldog defense showed me something last week i expect this one to go down to the final gun but take the citadel on the road over east tennessee state 31 28 number 13 missouri state is at youngstown state conference road wins are always hard to come by for any team but i think missouri state takes care of business against ysu similar to north dakota and south dakota they practically have to considering the rest of their schedule give me the bears to win in a relative shootout here 35 32 I don't believe Youngstown State is capable of scoring 32 points, Mr. Callum. I think Missouri State, they're going to do what they've done so far, which is be impressive on offense and play really good defense. I believe they'll whip Youngstown State at home, 31-10. to 10. Number 15, Southeastern Louisiana is at others receiving votes, Nichols. Southeastern Louisiana can score in bunches, and I just don't think Nichols has the firepower to quite keep up. I think it'll be a good game and a high-scoring one. Give me the Lions to win 45-42. I'm going to pick Nichols in this one. The defense is better. I believe they'll force Cole Kelly into some mistakes. He doesn't make many, but he'll make a couple this week. And I believe that the Colonels will beat the Lions in a very close game, 37-36. Number 15, North Dakota is at others receiving votes, South Dakota. North Dakota's offense needs to wake up. I mean, they had a good loss, if you can call it that, against North Dakota State, but we still don't know how good North Dakota State's offense is. Ten points isn't going to cut it against the Yotes. Give me the Yotes at home to win this rivalry game 28-27. to If you're the Fighting Hawks, you cannot allow the Bison to beat you twice. The Fighting Hawks' defense was impressive last week. South Dakota is a good team and can put up points, so great matchup there. The Yotes will win at home, 28-24. We're out of time. Thanks to Justin Swallows for producing this show. Mr. Chris Callum for co-hosting. I'm Kevin Marshall, and like I always do, y'all would like to remind you that life's a lot like football. You play by the rules, and the penalties won't kill you. Until next week, so long, everybody.